I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to the Billboard Chartbeat Podcast. Gary Trust, Billboard's co-director of charts. And hey guys, it's Trevor Anderson, chart manager here at Billboard. In New York, so we surprised you uh, with a uh, quick uh, extra podcast this week. BTS uh, with uh, Mic Drop debuting on the Billboard Hot 100, number 28, highest charting K-pop group hit ever on the Hot 100. Uh, nice conversation with J.J. Uh, Ryan from KJYO in Oklahoma City. So it's great to have him back. If you haven't listened to uh, that podcast, uh, already posted. So some more insights on BTS. Yeah, we, uh, always great to have JJ on. I mean, Oklahoma City's really been leading the leading the way if you want to if you want to go that far <laughs> to say uh, about BTS. Still, still so funny how that market is is doing so well. But again, uh, with they had a huge hit with DNA on the on the radio station, and now Mike Drop just doing even bigger and better. All right, on to uh, this week's uh, podcast. Uh, got a lot coming up, and most of it is about Post Malone and Rockstar. That's our focus this week because we have his manager, Dre London, as our special guest this week. Uh, we're going to chat a lot about uh, whether he or Post Malone actually even thought Rockstar would be as big as it's been, number one for eight weeks on the Hot 100, uh, when his new album is coming out. We'll get some info on that. And uh, we're even going to get into some of the more controversial uh, stuff that's come up. Uh, Post Malone recently made some comments, uh, kind of potentially uh, anti-hip-hop, kind of had to uh, explain some of the things he said. So Dre is going to address that. We're going to get into all of that. Uh, And again, what it's like uh, being a manager of uh, the artist who's uh, number one uh, on the Billboard Hot 100. So uh, that's going to be a big bulk of this podcast. Uh, We'll also preview next week's Hot 100, uh, which could see a duet that's uh, newly a duet, maybe knock Rockstar out of number one. We're going to find out. We're going to look at that. I just want to uh, just say real quick. Uh, show I went to Saturday night, Trevor. Garth Brooks. Garth Brooks is a country baller. He's like not an OG, but he's like like down with it, and I like it. This is Yemi, our producer, who is way too young. You weren't born when when Garth Brooks had a lot of his biggest hits in the early nineties. I know, but like if I let the fact that I wasn't born stop me from listening to good music, I'd listen to nothing. It was uh, no, it was a great show. It's, it's, he's such a showman. I think people know that. If, I'd never seen Garth Brooks in, in concert, so I kind of figured it'd be a high energy. He'd be running around the stage, and he was he was doing all that. Uh, he was playing all the hits, and he actually did uh, it was a three hour show. He he did two songs from his new album. The rest were, were all hits. One of them was uh, "Ask Me How I Know," 
just became his first number one hit in 10 years on uh, Billboard's uh, Country Airplay chart this week. But, you know, I think the most impressive thing was the whole last hour of the show is him playing pretty much acoustically and taking requests from fans holding up signs in in the arena. This is at the Prudential Center. It, it's like it, it went from being a complete arena show to like you were being in a club in Nashville. And he was an up-and-coming singer-songwriter who was just trying to impress a, a small crowd who was there. It was amazing change and he sounded amazing it's what he sounds like on record is what he sounds like live trevor's got nothing to say about this but but yeah me you can appreciate this right yeah i kind of grew up on country so like 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 folk and country and like you know that kind of rhythm was heavy in my adolescent years so i used to like listen to like reba mcintyre what's your favorite garth song what's my favorite garth song i don't know get back to me get back to me He's literally uh, talking to people in the upper deck from the stage, playing one request for for a woman who lost her mother, and he's just talking to her one on one. And meanwhile, there's there's twenty thousand people in the room, but he just made it seem really personal. So uh, I can't say enough enough good things about that show. No, I will say that that I mean, with from the way it sounds, you know, that sounds something you can really appreciate, especially if there is a person who. Um, who does know their catalog so well that they can take these requests, like you're saying. Because some people, you know, they can only do the songs they rehearsed. And if it falls out of line, you know, we didn't practice that. We don't, the band won't, I mean, I know it's acoustic, but you know, the band won't know how to do that. Right. And it's one of those things that you always kind of hate when they sort of do a cookie cutter show. So that's great. To, that's great to hear. And of course, in particular, um, if he had that dialogue with the woman um, and, and making that moment so personal for her that, you know, it's not going to be the same show you go see in Philly the next night or right. you see a week later in Boston or whatever. So I think that is something that a lot of people can appreciate, identify with, and, and support. Country is always so known for for, for artists uh, really having that one-on-one connection with fans that maybe you don't you don't see the same way in, in, in other formats. And you know, he just won uh, uh, CMA, Country Music Association, Entertainer of the Year. This year he won last year, and this is after the whole uh, hiatus he, he took for so long. So you see the show uh, live and you realize uh, the word entertainer uh, really sums it up. She had to ride the heat of passion Like a comet burning bright Rushing it along in the wind Out where only dreams had been Burning both into the night All right, let's uh, get into this week's top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1... Number 10. Number 
Number Gucci four. gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. Gucci gang. Spread the rest on new chain. My bitch love do cocaine. Ooh, I fuck a bitch, I forgot name. I can't buy me no wetter rain. Number three. And number one. And that is Rockstar. Eight weeks at number one on the Billboard Hot 100. Uh, Post Malone, 21 Savage, just just racking them up at this point. It's it's falling in like clockwork. Havana, of course, by Camila Cabello. A lot of a lot of fans been anxiously waiting to see if that song can get to number one, be the first number one for her. Um, especially given sort of the exit of Fifth Harmony, that the year of Camila could be complete with that. Still parking at number two, um, down a little bit in points this week. The, the gap between Rockstar and Havana starting to open back up a little bit after she was closing it for the past couple of weeks. And I think one of the most telling things is, you know, the song was on sale for 69 cents at iTunes for the past couple of weeks. This week, Havana back to 129. Yeah. So it, it feels like a little bit of, you know, a white flag from, from the label, maybe looking at the math, figuring maybe this is not going to work, you know, the way we need it to this time. I mean, I'd, I'd hate for, of course, the fact that it gets to number one to be sort of lost to the shuffle because this by far the biggest release of Camila's first solo album singles. You know, we had Crying in the Club last year. We had I have questions, which kind of what was I don't know if it really was a proper single. It wasn't released to radio. Yeah, to get the full push like that. Kind of out there. I mean, for Havana to come out, you know, be the third, fourth single out there. I mean, that that's a huge turnaround, and it seems like you know there's enough momentum and there's enough feeling and that, that the energy and the songs are right. Um, Camila announced that the album is coming out. It'll be called Camila. Simple as that. It's going to be her name. She's going to take uh, ownership and advantage of that. It'll be out January twelfth. So a big, a big, big release already coming in Q1. I know a lot of people will be excited for that and seeing if it's more in line with Havana and, and what this, this new hit and what these new sounds have opened up and how she's going to carry that forward. And the Havana actually could still hit number one in the radio songs chart, still gaining in radio, and it's pretty close to uh, Thunder, Imagine Dragons, which is uh, number one at radio. So still has momentum on that side. It's just looking like uh, the streaming and sales, and, and when you bring it all together with uh, Airplay on the Hot 100, Rockstar has just uh, been in the lead. As you said, uh, Trevor it, uh, has a bigger lead at number one this week than it did last week, but it's actually a song we heard uh, at number three that maybe is really the song to watch for next week. Yeah, um, you know, even even rock stars are starting to dip in points, coming down a little bit. So the tide might be right for the song that is moving up, Ed Sheeran's "Perfect," uh, which this week is up to number three on the Hot 100. So making huge moves there. And as everyone, I'm sure at this point knows, there is the new version with Beyonce, the duet that they they put out. Um, that song number one on iTunes um, for really this whole week since it's been out. They discounted the original "Perfect." For 69 cents, number two on iTunes, and both of those song versions actually do get combined into one ranking for next week. So having the number one and number two selling song 
uh, is pretty good fortunes for you. This week it was the greatest gainer on the Hot 100 in terms of airplay, so radio is moving up and coming nicely as well. So it could be one of those things where, you know, it's just a perfect storm of, of the radio airplay is moving up. You've got the huge release in the sales from did Beyonce. Say, did you say perfect storm? I, but that's the that's the phrase. <laughs> it's Ed's perfect storm is is coming together. And and then how nice, you know, Ed really started the year at number one with Shape of You um, in the first couple chart weeks of the year. And maybe he can bookend and have a nice little one-two punch. And uh, Yemi, since we were talking uh, with you before, you, you were saying before we even uh, started recording that uh, it's kind of amazing how this was kind of kept a secret. Uh, nobody really kind of knew. All of a sudden, this Beyonce version uh, appeared, but uh, wasn't really, uh, obviously, it been in the works for a little bit. Yeah, um, uh, we were making a Billboard news video, and I learned recently that it, they started recording and, like, the writing and the fixing process in May and then, you know, the twins were born, so it kind of was put on hold. And then it got finished in September, and he was kind of just holding on to it until, like, figuring out the right time to release it. Well, you know, Beyonce is, I mean, incredibly good at keeping secrets, we, we found out. And, yeah, I mean, for, for this to be have been in the works apparently since before Mi Gente, which, which came out a couple months ago, I mean, this is, you know, Beyonce was making moves behind the scenes that nobody saw coming. You've you've said uh, too, uh, Trevor. We've been talking that uh, what's Beyonce's end game here? Suddenly, you know, she's been quiet, but all of a sudden she's popping up. Okay, so we're talking about Ed Sheeran. So we had to use the phrase "end game." Is that how this is going to go down? You used perfect. I used end game. Ed is just just co-opting all the popular phrases these days. Um, you know, I, this sounds so so underwhelming, but so appropriate for Beyonce. Nobody knows. I mean, because it's a very you know, I mean, they're, they're all three, the three releases that we see from Beyonce this year, all very different slates. You know, she's had, the first thing was the Mi Gente remix. Um, so kind of whether you're actively playing off the Despacito, the, the pathway that that opened up and, and getting a, a top five hit out of the gate. So moving into that Latin world, we saw her just recently on Eminem's Walk on Water, you know, a completely different, different turn of feel, a different type of song, singing more. Ballady, um, almost, almost like even a a, a, a gospel light yeah. kind of performance, yeah. and then now we have her, you know, doing the romantic duet with Ed Sheeran. So three very different types of artists, three different sounds, three different moves, and all of them different than what things like Lemonade were. Very, you know, I mean, just which Lemonade was a, a really genre fusion kind of performance, but you know, the, the the song lyrics and the matter and the energy behind it way different as well. So. I mean, who knows? Some people are saying Beyonce could be, you know, kind of testing the waters, getting her name back out there for maybe a 2018 release. But it, I mean, you know, Beyonce will just throw red herrings left and right and center. And at some point, you know, here comes, here comes the refill. That's what I call Lemonade 2 is going to be refill. I like that. You like it? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we'll find out uh, next week uh, what could be a number one. Uh, but for now, as we said, Rockstar, number one for eight weeks on the Billboard Hot 100. Let's get into how it's happened. Let's take it back to the beginning of Post Malone's career. He's been with Dre London as his manager. And uh, since then, that's led to all the success, uh, breakout success this year for a congratulations. It was a top 10 on Hot 100. And now Rockstar, number one for eight weeks. What's coming next? And uh, all things Post Malone. Let's find out. Dre London. Manager of Post Malone is our guest on the Billboard Charpy Podcast. I've been fucking hoes and popping pillies, man. I feel just like a rock star. All my 
my brothers got that gas and they always be smoking like a rock star. Fucking with me, call up on no Uzi and show up, man, them the shot toss. When my homies pull up on your block, they make that thing go gratatata. So excited to have uh, Dre London as our guest uh, this week. Uh, trying to figure out your exact title, Dre. We know you're manager of Post Malone, but so much more as well, right? Yeah. Uh, Don't get be shy. Manager of Post Malone. Um, exact producer at sometimes. Um, label exec as I started my own independent. So you, I wear many different hats. Also, shoe designer. Ooh, I, I wish this was like that was a video people you can't see. <laughs> but yeah, it's a f- few hats. No, not even these. Yeah, shoes. Yeah, I'm looking at your shoes. No, women's shoes, high heels. Ah, uh, <laughs> that's that's where the money is. That's that's how you, Christian Louboutin figured that out a while ago. <laughs> All right, so uh, the first thing you mentioned was was manager of Post Malone, and obviously Post is huge, blowing up this year. Uh, you know, a manager is one of those those titles you hear. Everybody's got one, you know. Jay Z has one, Beyonce has one. You hear about some of them throughout history. Tom Parker with Elvis, Landau, Springsteen, Scooter Braun, you know, in the past couple of years. So we hear this word manager a lot. So, in your take, what does a manager actually do? Wow, I think a manager today is everything. A manager today is like 360. A manager back in the day might have like had to rely on more stuff from the label and just like have more assistance with other things today the manager is everything i feel like today without the manager without the right manager artist is not going to be where they should be um from the beginning of their career to believing in them to photo shoots to studio to setting them up with the right artists the right producers to going from there to their branding to their look then going from their look and their branding you then taking it to making the music get to another level because if you don't have a, a label in the beginning or a major push which you don't really need a label today so it's even more harder or more work on the manager because the manager now has to know how to break a record so today the manager to me is like is the label i don't know for some reason this don't get me wrong you have record labels but the manager has the most important uh how would i put it the manager has the most important position of first in line for everything first in line for if something goes wrong first in line for something normally actually managers only really get called when something goes wrong when things is going right no one really says anything about the manager or says, hey, great, well, hey, great. Like, you hear it more and more the more successful you are. But majority of the time, the manager is take, taking care of the artist, making sure that your client and your artist is happy and getting the sufficient stuff that they need to break or to continue their career in whatever light that is at when you get there or maybe you've been there from the beginning. But overall, the manager to me today is like a 360 deal. He's everything. Is that because in a social media world, uh, artists maybe have more control over their career than ever before? Yes, definitely. And then that's another thing. A uh, manager has to be looking at the branding of social media. Like I remember in the beginning with Post, he used to hate it. Like I was... At South by Southwest or like in 2015 and certain these places and I would see someone who we know or I know 
and I'll literally be waiting 20 minutes for the right or maybe 15, maybe half an hour for the right timing to walk over and be like, hey, this is my artist, Post Malone. Nice to meet you, da da In 2015, I was waiting for this picture, bro, for like 15 minutes for the right timing to go. It's just so many different things, so many levels to be a manager, bro. And you wouldn't think that, oh, just a picture, but do you know how many people mentioned that picture years later, within two years or over two years? this particular picture i was seeing him with this one i was seeing him with that one and it's just branding like i can't explain it just the right branding and the right moves a manager has to make today so i'd say the manager the job of a manager today is tough it's tough it's 20 i'm awake 20 hours a day definitely 20 hours you have to be i don't know it depends on what type of manager you are but for me you can't be a manager at the desk in a day and think that you're going to be successful. No, sir. It's not happening. There's no typical schedule, right? Every day is just breaking its own. Yeah, there's there's no schedule. No off days either. No. (laughs) No off days. Seven days a week. So, uh, obviously, the the listener's probably picked up by now. You're from London. Yes. And Post is obviously from... I know, it's weird. Middle America. (laughs) How did you two link up and and get started on this whole journey together? Yeah, um... So I moved from London in 2008 to New York. Then I was in New York for about five years, um, grinding, doing music stuff for like the first mm, four years, uh, working with people like French Montana, Jada Kiss, uh, Max B, that whole era, like I was around in New York, that whole era. And then I think I went to LA for the Grammys in 2014 I just wanted to see what the Grammys was like I've been to LA once or twice before but not for nothing like that so I went to the Grammys and then one of my friends from the UK that lived in Miami moved called Bronze he moved to LA the same kind of time that I was going there so during this time um, I didn't meet him yet but at the time Pulse had only just moved to LA one month before that so uh the same guy brought me to this house where there was like YouTube gamers a couple of producers one or two um, and a couple of one or two artists everyone rapped in the house Pulse even rapped at the time like everyone was just like in the house as either a YouTuber gamer his best friend had moved him out from Texas and he was like a big YouTuber Minecraft Minecraft universe and they moved into this big house with all these other guys. It was like called the White House, this mansion. And they called it the White House. So I went into this house and there was all these different people. But I don't know, immediately as I saw a post, I just knew. Like, I can't explain it. Not because of the talent. You just know a star when you see one, if that makes sense. I remember him changing his clothes like three times, two, three times a day. But we were in the same house. We didn't go anywhere. And he was changing his clothes like three times a day. He would come out in these like Versace loafers. I'm like, this kid is different. <laughs> Just different. But like that, yeah, that was it. 2014, around March 2014, I'm at Post. And y'all just hit it off from, from that moment on? Yeah, we hit it off. But um, during even that moment when we hit it off, I, it was him playing, he would rap. But then, like, we might drink and smoke and get lit at night, and then he'd be playing the guitar. So now I was just like, you rap, but you're playing the guitar. 
how like I was immediately trying to get my brain around how am I gonna get the world to see this talent because he was rapping and good great rapper but he could also sing so good I was thinking this, this guy is 19 years old and he sounds like a grown man like his voice is so mature like he would sing sublime and like crazy stuff I'm like hold up a second this is crazy so I remember even saying to him like at some point about bridging the gap between singing and rapping sing rap if you have to but like it was everyone was doing it. I couldn't say it was just him because if you listen to a lot of rap today, it's melodic. Even Kanye, when you hear Kanye verses, right. like, why are they so catchy? Because it was the same thing. But um, he had such a great tone that I knew once he hit it and made this song called That's It. No. Yeah, I think it was called That's It. Everyone around this house started singing it. And I even said to him, you see? Because I remember he went to Texas for like, a week or so a couple of days and then came back and made this song that's it then made another song called 40 funk that was it the post malone sound was alive so let's get into the some of the controversy that's that's been happening about uh, what what post malone just said about hip-hop and it seems like there's this uh somewhat of a thinking in the hip-hop where you're shaking your head the, in, in the hip-hop world that you can't you can't necessarily mix it with other vibes, and he, you know, he's he's said that uh, Bob Dylan's uh, "Subterranean Homesick Blues" was the first rap song. So, is there a younger generation coming up that just kind of mixes sounds like never before? I think it's because people grew up with YouTube, they grew up with mm-hmm. iTunes, everything just all one sound. I think today, um, uh, well, particularly like I was just explaining before with. With Post, he's a multi-genre artist. Like, you can't put him in one bracket. And why should you? He plays a guitar. He also does hip-hop music by rapping and singing. So, like, he doesn't want to put it in a box. Why should we have to put it in a box? So, to me, and he loves hip-hop. He grew up on Biggie. And the same time as listening to country and folk music. So how can you not? And when you listen to his music, if you listen to Y Iverson and you hear the tones, the tones in Y Iverson, why it caught everybody across the world is because you hear a country-ish kind of tone in a hip-hop record. So within hearing that, it caught everybody across the world because it's something different. We all want something different. We all want something new. We don't even know what we want half of the time in the world. But then when we're given it, we don't appreciate it. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. White Iversons When I started balling I was young You won't think about me when I'm gone I need that money like the ring I never want I want We need to appreciate Post Malone now before it's too late because he is today's generational artist he's the mix-up of what artists are today or what a real artist is today growing up on all this different music but he puts it into one where does that territorialism come from i think it's, it's i don't know it's, it's just hip-hop like you, hip-hop's changed anyway like hip-hop's not the same as it used to be like everyone used to be on the block rapping and talking about drugs and who's got the most money and who's some killing stuff some this some that like hip hop has different it's always been growing into different sides and different avenues all that's happened to hip hop now is that hip hop has genres and people are not understanding that like hip hop has genres today whether they want to believe it or not hip hop is the a big music, a big movement, a big music, but hip hop is now broken down into genres. But most of the kids today want to get lit. <laughs> they want to turn up. They don't want to sit down and listen to bars that's going to have them thinking for longer. That's just what I see. Everybody still loves bars. Everyone still loves listening to bars, but hip hop has changed slightly. It's got more melodic. I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. I like, everyone likes how things evolve or things evolve and this is what the youngsters have today, the melodical movement and sound. But um, going back to what you were saying, I just, I feel like people just misunderstood. It was a whole misunderstood thing. Like he was saying, if he feels a certain way, he listens to other music. He loves hip-hop. Some of the guys today in hip-hop ain't really making that type of music that make you get in your feelings. That's it. But no one was really listening to what he said. They took one thing, took a headline, and then... Pew. It's not that serious. Is that frustrating as a manager, or is it one of those cases of all press is good press? Oh, yeah, when you, when you see that text message or, or you know tweet or whatever come across your phone, what's your first instinct? Are you like, uh... God, here we go. Yeah, a little bit. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. But at the same time, um, I'll sit down and analyze it for a couple of minutes. And this is press you can't buy. This is publicity that you can't pay for. Right now, our sales are up. We're streaming more than ever before. There's more people following them than ever before. There's more people discovering them than ever, than ever before. So it has two sides to it it's like a flip of a coin it's the good and the bad because it starts controlling certain people's minds and thinking oh this is true what this person said but then it makes people go and listen to the music and have their own opinion and if you listen to the music and have your own opinion and i explained to him bro you're not gonna be i'm surprised the hate took so long who's we there it took like five six weeks <laughs> it took a little while before the hate came so you anticipated it, you know? Of course. White artist. Look at Drake. Know. Yeah. I take Drake as the same example. Like, when Drake was at the top, people was coming for him. People had something to say because you're different. Why? Because he raps and he sings? What's wrong with that? Like, 
because he's different anything that's different than what norm or what people think is the norm they like to talk about or bring up as an issue but bro if you're talking about him or you're talking about the person they're obviously doing well because you're not talking about your life you're talking about their life thank you <laughs> keep spreading it <laughs> keep keep spreading the knowledge keep spreading the news because that all he's all they're doing is helping him get more popular thanks guys all right let's talk about um rockstar in particular eight weeks the song's been number one on Hot 100 for eight weeks and counting when this song first came out you know a lot of i think a lot of us were caught by surprise because in that moment you know taylor swift had just come out a few weeks ago was doing huge numbers cardi b was on her way up and people thought that was going to be the next torch and i remember the week before cardi b went to number one that our charts came out on mondays and that friday afternoon everyone was like wait a minute we might have you know a, this dark horse out of nowhere come along and you know congratulations had been a top 10 hit earlier in the year it's a slow builder over time but um you know got there came i think the song came out in december hit the top 10 in june so then for the next you know big song to come out and do the kind of numbers it did out of the gate you guys had to be kind of surprised by how a massive the reception was straight out of the gate right yeah a little bit Nothing wrong with that. That's a pleasant surprise. Nothing wrong with that. No, it was a little bit surprised. It was definitely a little bit. I was more surprised how the whole of the world took the song. Because I felt already, knowing that I had the song in my possession for some time, because it was just a verse and a hook from Pulse. And I already, like, we was debating on who or we should put on the song but I had this vibe early that 21 Savage was the right person I already said it to Post um, I remember he said one other artist and I was like hmm and I said what about 21 Savage and I know it just felt right and it still took another three months to get the 21 Savage verse done he was on tour he was doing this he was doing that I don't know timing wise pressuring keep staying on it was what got it done but I believed in the record from the minute we had it also as well the reason why i wasn't pleasantly surprised while you were saying that you was like okay was because post was in the studio at one point first we'd started the record in new york then we went to la and finished the record when he finished his verse and the hook i remember he normally were all in the studio but this night he was we wasn't all in the studio he cracked a bud i could tell he was feeling himself he cracked a bud and then went on twitter and posted a 20 second clip of rockstar this is probably 10 months ago nine months ago everyone was going crazy the clip went viral and i was like yo like but it was actually to the best it was the best thing he, we ever did because that clip was so viral everybody all his real fans was waiting on that even chris brown had seen it and posted it on his instagram just put a fire emoji like that let a lot of anticipation then the chris brown clip had two million views off of a youtube off of an instagram clip then i don't know this clip was just surfacing going viral of a 20 second clip of the song so many artists hit me i got so many calls or texts from different artists and managers telling me like that what's going on with that song and that they loved it it was just a 20 second clip I knew the reaction. We kind of knew. We all knew. We know when we have something like that's really fire. But by the time after the three months had passed and we got the verse from 21 Savage and then I gave it, sent it to 
Pulse's engineer slash producer, Lewis, he took it and brought it to that next level. Like he took it and put it, put the two of them together, made sure it was all in sync. And, that. and the minute I heard it, I was new like, oh, this is fire. It's going to be a smash. After that, it was just timing. And I think the timing was beautiful. No one really believed, like, because if you think about it, Taylor Swift was number one, you're right. Taylor Swift was number one at the time. And I remember when we came out with the record, anyone who heard it that worked in the office, oh, no. Two days before that record came out, we had a viral clip going viral of, we did Boston the night before, the tour just started. And we did Boston the night before, and I had my first goosebumps moment because all this time, for all these years, I just wanted to see Pulse on the stage with his guitar. And that night in Boston, he took the chair out and took his guitar out for the first time on tour and sang. And it was just like going viral the next day. Everyone just kept watching it. And I remember one of the guys from Spotify I'd spoken to, he had said to me, wow, this clip is so good. Like I've watched it maybe 10, 20 times today. Has he heard what we're releasing on Friday? Everyone has said to me that we had given them no, not enough notice, this, that, that we just last minute went to drop this record. He said, yeah, he'd heard it. During that time, I could tell, like you were saying, I could tell that with the records that was coming out that week, he had a decision to make. At what was the record, like you said, what was the record that was like really out of here? It was the same week as well that we had the Lord remix come out with Lord, Khalid, Scissor, and Post. So like everyone was like, what? Like if he was in the, what would I call it? If he was one of the gatekeepers or one of the, one of the guys who listen to the music before the rest of the world do or before we release it, you had to make a decision on what was big at that moment. And there's no doubt, as soon as you hear a rock star, immediately there's a marriage. You hear his tone, you hear the beat, you hear, you're like, whoa. Like, it's just infectious. Like, it doesn't matter what records you have. Like, I mean, I love some Taylor Swift records, but we came out and straight to number one streaming everywhere and then straight to, like within seven days it was a number two in the hot 100 i was trying to get this sounds crazy with all the numbers because i'm real into the data stuff i like breakdown so much things you wouldn't be like that's when you go back to being a manager some managers today they might know some bits and some managers today might know more me i want to know it all I want to know every single breakdown. Even if I can't do that job, I want to understand it. So whoever's doing that job for me or for the team can do it. To I can understand what they're doing. Like, I like to know every, like, I run this whole thing like a machine. Like, I have someone for everything. No offense, I understand we have the people at the label, but I'm not sitting back and depending on the label at any time. Because I've done it before and I didn't like it. I wasn't a fan after like okay guys here you go here's this record I'll give you a big record this is what we're gonna do we're gonna release this okay Dre we love this this is the dates let's go for that let's do this okay I'm gonna kick back and 
there has to be both supports from both sides nowadays. Like you can't sit back and depend on the label to just break a record. So we already had things in hand lined up with our art guys, with this, with that. So it was a surprise to everyone. But the way how I was leading up, waiting for this rock star to, to drop, by the time we dropped it, I think we wanted the world to be taken by surprise. It was supposed to be like that. It was supposed to feel like that, you know? And it sounds crazy because... I do all this work sitting down on a laptop with people on FaceTimes and in different parts of the world. And I just really just believed in the record that from the time, from the timing, as long as the timing was right, that the record would be good. But also as well, we, being able to get as many people to hear it as possible at one time. You have to, I don't know, we, I just, when you have an infectious record, you just know the people are going to spread the word. It's all about the people. And when you heard it, you, did you tell someone? I think there were, there were a couple of us who were like, like I said, we, we were surprised. You know, it was like, okay, Post Malone could have his first number one out of nowhere, it feels like. <laughs> and we were all like, we were all like, well, what's happening? Like, why? Like, why? How did we miss this? What, what would make this happen? We were all just like, but the hook is like, we like the hook, you it's know? It's a simple it's hook. A, it's, like, it's a smooth hook. Right. And we're like, I, I guess people just, is that, they just like it. And that's why it's doing so well. Because, you know, with Taylor, you knew it was her first record back. It was the Kanye disc. You felt like you had seen Bodak Yellow come up, and it was just one of those things where we were all like, like it was almost like 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 some scientists running around, like how do we miss, like what are we missing about Post Malone that makes this song blow up so quick? It, really, I, people just like that hook, but the I combination think, of of his rise and and as you yes, talked about the I singing think, and rap. yeah, I think it was the rise. I think it was also congratulations. Oh yeah, definitely. Like I, without congratulations rockstar would not have been what it is right because we sat down and built it so so much like as you said earlier it came out in december january 23rd we put the video out the video started gaining some crazy momentum not that the video was crazy it was now that people had a visual to the song it was like it gave it a rebirth also remember earlier i was saying about timing at january 23rd 2017 no one to me and hip hop was doing anything. There was nothing going on. It was quiet. It's that period of the of the time where everyone's looking left and right, trying to see what's happening at that point of the year. I felt like the timing to drop the video at that time was perfect. We dropped the video at that time, broke my back to make sure that we got it did. Like I made went through hell. Uh, me and James Defina, who directed the video, we went through so much to make sure that that video was done. And able to be out before January was over. It was the best move because by the time the seven days went and went into two weeks, I looked at the numbers on Spotify. I looked at the numbers. Even when I went months later to Spotify, it was like, what happened around this date? And I was like, January 23rd, we put the video out. Like immediately you saw a streaming surge. And I think after that, the next... Like we was just getting into little things. People was like pointing into little memes. It was getting into like online. It was becoming to come on your your timeline because that's what I call it. If stuff's not on your timeline today, if you're an artist and you're not on people's timeline today, you're not working hard enough.
So once people started seeing it on their timeline, then the next important time of the year came. School was out. People was now saying congratulations. It was all okay. The I biggest, was the biggest part of that was the timing. Everyone's talking about the record now. It's been growing for some months, and then all of a sudden, graduation. Graduation time pops in. What's the number one graduation song? Everyone and their mother sending me videos of their kids, of this one, of their cousin, of that. Like seeing news reports. These kids, these kids in Washington D.C. This was like the lowest graded high school. Like these, this class, no one was expected to like make it through. I watched a news clip of a whole black school of kids all singing congratulations singing the words on the news like someone had sent me a news clip that they had all passed like when they wasn't supposed to and i was just looking at this and saying to myself wow this song now means more to all these other i already knew when we when we made it because there's some weird moment and if don't know if you've seen post interview before uh he had a grammy interview and they was asking him how he came up with the song i got this weird weird laugh and I don't know, someone recorded it. Like, I think it was his assistant or something. I had this weird laugh, and at the end of the laugh, I said, congratulations. He heard that. We're in the studio. He kept laughing at it. All of a sudden, he made a song called Congratulations. <laughs> so the story of how that song got made is so crazy. Then while he's writing and making congratulations, the Olympics is on. It's on silent, but we're watching the Olympics while the song's getting made. So there's so many little things about the congratulations song that just went into sync that I noticed. But that graduation was the number one for me. Yo, I was I was telling Gary's gonna remember this right now. When we I assume you already remember this, but I'm going to let everybody know when, when the song hit top 10 and we did it on the countdown back in June and we were talking, you know, the song had been out since December and it had been, you know, slow building, you know, it took 20 something weeks to get to the top 10. What, what, why now? What's going on? And I was, and I threw it out there. I was like, well, I guess if it's like graduation and wedding season, it's on a lot of playlists. People are playing it around because of those things. And I'm not sure for the record if Gary was supportive of that, if he laughed at it, but I had that hunch. I, I had a feeling. I knew it. I'm glad I'm glad that was it. I was just making my congratulations pun. Yeah. That's no. all I was happy about. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely that. So because of congratulations, growing all that momentum, taking time to build. So people today, they just like, they're not really like taking the time to build records. They're not taking the time to like get the education out because it's an education process. When you put out a song today, it's like an education process. There's so much cluster. How are you going to get people's minds to be on your song? You got to have something with it. You got to, like, there's something more you got to put to to be able to get it to the masses. And congratulations was a slow grind. And I remember having a conversation with Kanye about it. And he said, but you said it took you five, six months. I'm like, yep, you're right. It did. Because some records is quick and some records isn't. Little did I know that four or five weeks after that conversation, I knew the record was big. I even played it to him like four or five weeks before it was out. Everyone in there was like bouncing, going crazy. But I, little did I know that that record was going to be the one that changed that whole conversation of five, six months for a record to take to blow. Congrats, uh, Rockstar, psh, bro, I don't know. Two days a week. 
two three days a week like i remember waking up after the weekend at being number one everywhere i remember waking up on monday and getting phone calls from some people some people that i know in offices and they were like shocked and i remember i'm not calling no names but i just remember the difference between being work being at work on a friday till after everyone leaves at four o'clock or friday let's go early let's go home early some people was at work late and some people went home early i i knew the difference between what what broke the record like i won't say but i've just seen the two different sides of things of what broke the record and immediately it it doesn't matter like it doesn't even matter where people are hearing music nowadays as long as people are telling each other as long as you have your friend telling you about a song it can go so fast like the word of mouth is the fastest way for a song to blow up it's still the fastest way yeah you have the internet but if you send me a link i'm gonna trust your word quickly to press play and listen to this song or listen to this new post malone more than just going and finding it yourself it's still the fastest way for me to to blow up a record i want to ask you uh, dre uh talking about hip-hop and, and the relationship uh we want to mention that, that last week rockstar went to number one on our hip-hop uh, airplay chart so r&b radio is all over the song what's your take on on that acceptance and also radio in general at this point in the overall scope of of overall platforms radio is still behind they're catching up they're catching up but i think today Apple and Spotify have changed music. They've changed the game. And they are now, as two leaders, are breaking music, no matter which way you look at it. Rockstar broke. And I remember watching, I remember pressuring the label owners, like, listen, we're number one. This record is now at number two in the Hot 100 why we streamed more we killed taylor swift in streams like i remember like that doesn't make no sense oh you know what did there wasn't enough radio play in the first week right the only reason the song didn't go to number one was because of radio play so i think we all love radio and i'm gonna be honest radio still breaks artists radio could take an artist to arena level to the stadium level don't get me wrong the internet can and the two streaming sites can and everybody discovering you on soundcloud or any of these portals but to get to that next level you still do need radio you still have the lazy listener who just gets into their car and just plays the radio or listens to whatever the radio guy says but i still feel like they're behind they take too long to pick up you could lose a record in between the time that you've got a buzz on the internet and it hasn't picked up the time quickly on the radio you can lose a record there's like a gap between that time unless you keep growing in all these different areas and maybe get a tv commercial or syncs and all these different things with the record i feel like radio could actually exist that gap could flop your record you need to there's it's like a middle point whether you're independent whether you're on a label doesn't matter who you are you Rockstar's the proof. We went all the way to number two with no radio on the hot Billboard Hot 100. But we needed radio to get to number one. And it wasn't before two weeks of radio before it was at number one. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting going forward, maybe in the next year or two, if we see if radio 
does speed up a little bit because it's all kind of new that we're seeing songs break like this virally and they're not used to that. So maybe going forward, radio uh, gets a little bit quicker on things. Do they still have to play the hits? Yeah, I think to, Rockstar you know. definitely changed that. I definitely think Rockstar changed faster it. Faster than I think a lot of people yeah. for, for a rap hit would right. have expected, yeah. Yeah, like I definitely think Rockstar changed that and had uh, program directors looking at things a little different. Like, hold up, we need to play this song. Like, this song is everywhere. When you put it in their face and it's everywhere and all the kids are listening to it, you want your radio station to still be popular, don't you? Or do you want everyone to be on Spotify and Apple or Google or SoundCloud? So, and it's the same problem the TV's having today because people ain't watching television as much. You could go home of DVR it. You don't even need to DVR it today. You could watch Sling. You could watch, you have many options online that you could watch TV. So, like, they're having the same problem. TV's on YouTube now. <laughs> like, it's, things are changing. Like, we're living in a different world. People want it instantly. They want to watch what they want to watch. They want to listen to what they want to listen to on demand on their smartphone. And that goes back to what you were saying about a manager maybe having more control. Yep, it definitely does. Um, a smart manager today has to look at every avenue. It's very tough. I'm going to be honest. Like It's very tough. The manager today is the label. I'll definitely say that. Uh, some people might think that's harsh or not true. I think when the two work together it, cohesively, uh, you get a rock star. <laughs> <laughs> Ding! Okay. Um, I want to ask about another question about rock star, another controversy that's come up a little bit and the song came out. Republic had uploaded that the clip on the on the YouTube that was the hook. I know, I know. Shake this is part. Again. This is part of the game. Um, that had that had the clip was, was the loop of the chorus that people had, had and to try to get people to go listen to it on Spotify or Apple Music or other services besides YouTube. Um, from from you guys' point of from your point of view, and I guess Republic might have their own spokesperson. What did you know about that going in, and and how did that? How how are you in post responding to that? And when people called it out as, you know, you guys trying to game the chart or game the services, what's your take on all of that? Um, it had to be one of those things where you got the text and you said, "Oh my god, yes. what?" Like I got the text and I was a little bit pissed off because it made me feel like people was always looking for some excuse or for something to say. Oh, post didn't do this, like. Oh, posting! Everyone's looking for some some reason to say like he didn't do it, but that was Republic Records YouTube channel. Uh, Dre London and Post Malone don't control Republic Records YouTube channel. That's the best answer I could give you to that. <laughs> Dre London and Post Malone don't control Republic Records YouTube channel, and we were surprised by it. But I don't think it was like a scam of some sort because why go to YouTube there's no video YouTube is for visual yeah you can listen to audio on YouTube but go to the audio places where you listen to audio and when there's a video out you'll see it goes to 34 million views in 7 days on YouTube so YouTube's still important but I don't know I just felt like they wanted people to go to the streaming places and listen to the song more than listening to it on YouTube. I think it was quite smart. I wish I knew. 
I'll be honest. I wish I knew about that before because I would have broke some other artists with that smart trick if that was <laughs> if that was a smart trick you could say. But like, fair play. You gotta know what you're doing out here. But I still don't think it was any kind of trick. I don't think I just felt like it's the hook of the song. You want to hear the whole song? Go to Spotify, Apple, or one of these streaming services and listen to the song. It's just an edit. And I mean, I'll say in interest of fairness. Especially now, as we see, you know, seven, eight weeks to number one, it wasn't as if it was some sort of no, everyone up there quick. Yeah, and, I mean, everyone tried to make it look. Oh, that's why they went to number one. No, YouTube does not get you to number one on the Billboard Hot 100. You could have millions and millions of streams on a song. You need other stuff. There's so much other stuff that has to come in to go into number one that you have to work on. So I don't know. As I said, I don't know nothing about it. I just heard about it when you guys heard about it. It was like, oh, okay. Well, was, was Post probably upset as well when he figured that out? Yes. Pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Not even upset. Uh, and one of the things about Rockstar that I think is is really fascinating, something we haven't seen really with, with an artist breaking out in the sophomore cycle, is a lot of the old songs that Post Malone has put out are coming back. Um, I mean, there was the viral performance of I Fall Apart a couple months ago that really got that song back streaming on Spotify. Um, as we tape this today, November 30th, on U.S. Spotify, three of the top five songs. Rockstar is the number one, you know, the current single. But we have I Fall Apart, number three, and Candy Paint from the Fate of the Furious soundtrack nine months ago, also in the top five. Why do you think that, you know, people are rediscovering all these songs and, and not just for a minute or for you know a day or two i mean these are weeks months that are still growing and growing why is that happening i think it goes back to the same thing what we were saying before we didn't really post Malone didn't break on radio like radio picked up after so what's probably happening is some of the terrestrial radio listeners are now tuning back in their songs being put in people's face like people are hearing rock star they're like let me check out this post malone guy right let me go and have a look at him. But then at the same time, while Rockstar is heading at number two or number one at the time, you're watching a video of him on tour singing I Fall Apart. There's memes going around on hood clips and all these and the quarantine and all that with taglines with who hurt our man's Post Malone and then him singing the Fall Apart and wanting to know which girl hurt him and watching clips of the whole crowd singing word for word Fall Apart. Psychologically, the rest of the world want to know how are all these people singing this word, word for word, crazy sounding song, and we don't know it. So immediately it makes them go to their phone and look for Post Malone, I Fall Apart. They don't know when the song came out. Some Maybe some of these people don't know. Some of his real fans, they know. They might have been like, I told you so. But it's just new people discovering and it's just the power of one record you can have one record that wakes up everybody to go and look at your catalog it's like if an artist not trying to say it in a bad way but like how many times has an artist died and all of a sudden all their records are like number one number two number three number four right. people are like oh the kids of today are discovering a prince record or a michael jackson record that they didn't know before it's kind of the same thing but not the same thing he went to number one all of a sudden everyone's looking like what else does he have like how is this guy number one let me check it out and then when you discover a hit the people going to work on the train the people doing all their daily things it's now become a part of their daily life i think that's it that's still i mean it's really one of the biggest 
surprises I've seen this entire chart year is just like, you know, to have one hit obviously, but then people to just go back and they keep going back. That's the crazy thing. We yeah. thought, okay, I'll fall apart. It'll be hot for you know two three weeks, and then it'll kind of go Die off. Down. Yeah, and then it kept going. And I know, oh, um, is that number three in Australia? The national charts. Is that number? That was the first place I knew. Also, we was in. We went on tour with Diplo earlier on in the year, and. It was crazy. That was the first time because I already knew Fall Apart was a big record. I knew from the minute we made it, from the minute I heard it, from the minute it was mixed, I was like, this record is a big record. I went through Australia at the side. We was at the side. I was at the side stage one day and heard the crowd singing it in Australia like football, like soccer fans. I got goosebumps. So I knew this. I already knew this record was big, but to know we could go to Australia with where we wasn't being played on no radio, no radio, and hear fans singing like it was a soccer game proved to me, again, the same thing about radio picking up late, but now radio's picked up in Australia. He's at number one or number two now, and number three, Fall Apart's right behind it. It's crazy, yes. In the national charts in Australia, Fall Apart is right behind Rockstar. Crazy. It's crazy. I think it's the Aria charts. Aria. Yeah, Aria, the Aria charts. Yeah crazy okay so with all the momentum you guys have going with like i said with candy paint rockstar obviously people are wondering what's up with the next album he changed the his twitter you know name to beer bongs and bentley's almost a year ago which is supposed to be the name of the album uh there's reports i think he said on a podcast it's supposed to be out december 1st which will be tomorrow the date we're taping this uh it would be tomorrow is there a new post malone album coming out tomorrow <laughs> as this runs I know we're, we're literally like I'll edit this tonight if that's what it takes uh, as I'm going through text messages from him right now texting me um no there's no Post Malone album out tomorrow December 1st no Taylor Swift breathes a sigh of relief again <laughs> no album tomorrow I think everyone's just anticipating the album now and as soon well, it's as supposed to be out in, what June originally. Some some sites had said no. They well uh, these sites love. They just pick. I mean, thanks for the free ads again. It's very nice, and I like that everyone's anticipated. Actually, makes when I heard December first, it actually became comedy because I have personal friends of mine that are close to me that I see every week, and they even turn around and ask me like, "Yo, is the album coming out December 1st? Like, I'm like, "Bro, you would have known this. Like, you see me every week. Like, come on, are you serious? <laughs> like, no, the album's not coming out December 1st. I don't know where they heard it, or they might have heard post say December or something like that. And he's still saying December, uh, but right now the album is 85 percent done. Okay, 85 percent okay. done, and I. St- Still feel like you could get a present before the end of the year. Yeah. Oh, little Christmas, little, little post from Christmas. If you, if you want to text them for an exact date, yeah. we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> we can wait. No, I would definitely say he, and those are like his words. Like so, But I know if it's not Christmas, it will definitely be top of the year. But it's, it's 85% done. It sounds crazy, incredible like out of this world and of course you're expecting me to say that but any post malone fan or any post malone doubt will be answered again just like you see everybody going back to the album that they didn't know or they did know to listen to again or find out how good it is this one's gonna be immediate i feel 
because he has everyone's ear now like he has people's ears or eyes whoever it be good or for the bad of what people are saying he has their ear and that's the main thing today with rockstar being such a huge song how has the success of the song either changed the sound of the album or at least some of the plans for the album i mean it has to be that much more of an event now knowing how big the record is and people are waiting for it did it did it change any of that nope really nope because we just like i don't know he always makes a joke like dre hits i love hits and i just think the album's full of hits back like hits 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 do you know what the next single is yeah well we Crazy. know what the next single is and uh, no <laughs> not from my not from my mouth <laughs> like no. But um, the next single is crazy. I predict another number one. Really? Yeah. All sounds right. cocky of me, but like I'm not being cocky. I'm just being confident of the music we make and the climate of the culture and just everything going on. The next record will surprise you guys again. And I think it's going to smack and should go to number one because it's a good song. It's, nothing doesn't just get to number one. Like You don't just get there. You ha it all goes back to the main thing, the music. And once the music sounds good, I think it shoots straight to number one. Also as well, I think that's another reason why I think Pulse was being misconstrued today with the comment that he made in this old, old interview how long ago. I could say this, he can't, but I look left and right. I told him last week, I opened the door, I look left and right. There's not much competition. It's not much competition, like... He is, to me, the all-round artist of today. Like, we're looking at the modern-day Elvis. Some might love it, some might not. He's here to stay. That makes you the modern-day Colonel Tom Parker. It all look, <laughs> full circle. <laughs> there you go. Colonel. Right. <laughs> well, uh, well, thanks to Colonel Dre London for being yeah. out here. Um, but truly congrats with all the success of Rockstar. I mean, it's how rare we get to talk to somebody involved directly with the number one record at that time. You know, a lot of times we're talking about history and all that, but to have you here breaking it down and, and maybe giving us a little teaser about what post plans are for the rest of the year. We really appreciate that and all your insights about what's been going on for you guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. The rest of the year looking good, though. I think next 2018 is going to be special. It's going to be a special year. But yeah, I mean, honestly, that I'm sure this past 12 months has been a whirlwind for you, man. But Crazy. it's the kind of thing I'm sure everybody dreams of having. Yeah, so congrats that you're living Crazy. it. Sometimes I have to pinch. You have to wake up pinching. I, the only time I pinch myself was the number one. Let yeah. me be honest. Because sometimes you have to wake up or you wake up and you think to yourself, hold on. I studied a Billboard magazine for years while being in America. I remember I used to look at it. So when you see yourself at number one in a magazine or in Billboard, it just feels good. But as I was saying, I still had to pinch myself because it's a weird feeling, bro. It's a weird feeling. You wake up or people are telling you you're number one and you just feel like, okay, um, this is where it feels to be number one in America. Like You work so hard and then you get there. It's like a shock. It's just a big shock to the system, but it's a great feeling. And it just makes you want more. <laughs> yeah.
Our thanks to Dre London for being here. Kind of a nice way to wrap up what has been, uh, in some ways, the the year of Post Malone. On December 9th is going to be the one-year anniversary of Stoney. So, uh, you know, kind of a great bookend that what started with Stoney, which no one, I don't think anybody could have predicted just how long that album would last. It just hit number one R&B hip-hop albums chart. I mean, we're talking almost a year after its release. And then, like you said, congratulations, being huge in the summer, Rockstar blowing up seemingly out of nowhere. But I mean, even though Dre and, and Post and the crew, you know, knew that the signs were right, knew there was going to be a massive hit there. And here we are a year later. He's, you know, the biggest artist really on the chart right now. Yeah, it's an old time uh, slow build story uh, leading up to, to a number one like this. Uh, great to hear when those happen. And then, I mean, not only having this hit, but then the, the back sell, I mean, Candy Paint, I Fall Apart, all these songs that, you know, you would have thought, you know, would never see the light of day in the same way. I mean, they're getting sort of rescued by this yeah. rock star effect. It's, that is something that is still blowing my mind is how intense people are going back and finding these catalogs. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad uh, you mentioned that and Dre mentioned that. Cause same kind of thing we said when uh, Eric Hawk uh, from Portugal The Man was on, how uh, people discover, uh, feel it still becomes such a huge hit. People go back and realize, oh, they've been around for a bunch of years. They've got all these other songs. Uh, uh, Post Malone not going back that far, but same kind of thing. Song becomes a hit. You wind up uh, seeking out what else they've done, and one hit makes other songs hits. But, I mean, just in terms of, and again, like we were saying, these are just, you know, one-week, two-week spikes. I mean, this is months. Oh, yeah, and I Follow Parts now being officially promoted to radio as well. Right. I mean, yeah. the, the hype was just that big for it. I, I think, I, I mean, as we're taping this, I know I saw today um, on the U.S., you know, top 50 Spotify, most played songs of the day, one, two, one three, and four Post Malone songs. Yeah. I just can't. Yeah, Candy Paint's up to four. I Fall Apart's three. Rockstar, of course, is still number one. I don't think Rockstar has been not been number one since the day it came out. Dre seems so calm too. I don't know how how he's staying so calm with all this going on. I mean, again, the, the, the year of post, the year of Dre. I mean, I'm sure if anything, that bank account check is going to be yeah. huge at the end of the year, bigger than he probably could have ever predicted. That, that's how he's staying calm. That's yeah. That helps. <laughs> that's yeah. yeah. And as we look ahead to what could be the return of Beyonce to number one on the Hot 100, if uh, all things go as perfect as planned, let's take a look back at the drought that that will end this week, nine years ago. Exactly. Marks the last time Beyonce made that move to number one on the Hot 100 with, well, what has really become a modern classic. Everyone knows this song. Gary, do you remember when you first heard this song and how big of a hit did you think it was going to be? It had, I mean, it's it's instant, right? Well, is that at the same time as If I Were a Boy? They yeah, were kind of the, the, the double singles. Day, and, yeah. and this will be shocking if you've heard me talk about uh, Walk on Water and some other singles. I probably felt, I think, that If I Were a Boy was the more typical uh, type of uh, pop ballad, that maybe that's a safer hit. And Single Ladies kind of 
there wasn't a whole lot of songs that really sounded exactly like that. It's one of those songs even now, and this is so uh, something that defines so many big hits. If you can think of another song that sounds so much like it, and I really can't think of something, it, it has that uniqueness, and that's really a rare thing. Well, yeah, single ladies. It, I mean, if anything, that sort of TikTok futuristic kind of beat that's in the background, like it almost is a little like offbeat, but right. it, but that that's sort of like the driving like click behind it. Um, I mean, the song is written by the the huge hit makers at the time, uh, The Dream and Tricky Stewart, who had written, among other things, Rihanna's Umbrella. So they knew their way around a pop song at that time. And, I mean, let's not beat around the bush. Perhaps the biggest push behind Single Ladies, and certainly the, the longest lasting, is the music video. Right. I mean, you cannot separate the song from the video. And, I mean, as we have seen time and time again, this song, the video has been parodied and, and replicated. And All I can picture is Justin Timberlake Yeah. Saturday Night Live. I mean, on SNL. I mean, yeah. I think I don't think Beyonce even from reportedly wanted to even do that skit. And, right. and it turned out to be such a huge hit. You know, and, I read that she, he, he came to her dressing room at Saturday Night Live and he was in the leotard. Really? And she said, oh, I have to stare at your eyes right now. I can't look. <laughs> yeah. The, of course, the song is, is a huge hit. Um, let's not forget the last time we've seen Beyonce at number one on the Hot 100, her fifth solo number one. Um, huge hit at the time. Wins the Grammy Award for Song of the Year. Which I always find a little interesting that the Song of the Year for the songwriting went to a song whose you know, 30% of the lyrics are uh-uh-oh, uh, uh-uh-oh. Yeah. Uh, uh, but... I'll let the Grammy voters uh, have their say in, in that. And let's not forget, Single Ladies in the video also gave us the longest lasting pop feud of the past half decade. Remember, if Single Ladies had won Best Female Video at the VMAs of over Taylor Swift, ah. we would have never had that infamous interaction between Taylor and Kanye. That's its biggest legacy. That's that's really <laughs> that's really single ladies, yeah, biggest contribution to pop culture. Yeah. So um, along with the title, obviously, sort of become uh, part of pop culture as well. People will say, "Put a ring on it." Beyonce right. again, just hugely influential in pop culture, and of course, with one of her most iconic hits of all time. Next week, of course, we'll see if she can up her five solo number ones to six. And into drought that I know some people, some of the Beyonce fans and people that I've been talking, you know, would it, would we really go a whole decade without Beyonce having a number one hit on the Hot 100? And maybe she's aware of that. And maybe she said, you know what, let's just throw this in and, and see what happens. So, of course, we'll find out next week um, if Perfect can do that and, and stop the drought. And we'll see, of course, if Ed Sheeran will bookend his year having a number one at the top of the year and a number one to wrap things up. Or we'll see if Post Malone has uh, other plans after having such a huge year this past year, if he intends to start his sophomore season on top as well. So a lot of good things in the mix right there. Of course, don't forget Havana is still in play as well at number two. So, um, you know, a nice a nice little healthy race to end the year. This is, this is good. And uh, Beyonce has performed uh, with Dixie Chicks. So Beyonce has a little bit of a country. Yeah. Feel. She's from Houston. She is? Yes, she is from Texas, baby. So, uh, so let's bring things back to country. I asked you earlier, Yummy, what's your favorite Garth Brooks song? Let's end with a good Garth Brooks song. Um, can it be from his new album? Yeah. Um, Weekend. Yes, it's a great song. I think Trevor should listen to it. Uh, I guess this, I mean, I know I know who The Weekend is, and I know I know this is the song, The Weekend. So this will be the third weekend, I know. This uh, Three weekends, it sounds great. So we'll let Garth take us away into the weekend. 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 